0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of On My Mind. In this episode I'm going to be exploring the power of thought and how I believe thought is the number one cause of suffering and what you guys can do to make your thoughts more manageable, understand what they are, understand that you are not your thoughts and how this concept can lead to less suffering and more peace for you. Let's get started. So, I can't believe I'm already on episode two, but I'm really excited to be sharing a second episode with you. And, you know, firstly, thank you for those of you who gave some feedback on the first episode. It's the first time I've ever done a podcast and much as um, some people will say I love the sound of my own voice it's a really strange thing sat in front of a microphone without any feedback from anybody else so I kind of like I feel like there's a massive hats off to anybody that works in a uh, in a presenting role where there's no <laughs> there's no feedback it, I kind of never really appreciated the art of it before. Um, but here we are, episode two, and I've chosen to speak to you about some of my thoughts um, about thoughts, funnily enough. Uh, that's what's been on my mind this last week. So yeah, let's get stuck in. Why, why am I talking about this? Well, I did a talk in London last week and one of the audience members sort of had commented and she'd seen my biography for the talk and she'd seen the description said, in your description you say that, you know, thoughts create our reality and I'm just wondering what that's all about. Um, That might be a separate podcast, you know, depending on on where you're positioned on what is reality, that might be something that that I could have a guest come and talk to us about. Um, Of course, none of us really know, do we? We're all just guessing. Um, but yeah, for, to set the context for this, this podcast, I guess one of my my spiritual beliefs is that we create our reality through our thoughts. So as I'm sat here in front of my computer talking into a microphone, I believe that the computer only exists because I kind of think it exists. And I believe that the mobile phone to the left of me only exists because I, I think it exists. And if there were no thoughts, then would anything indeed exist at all? Um, we could philosophize about that for hours. I guess for the sakes of this podcast, we're, I'm just going to assume that you're experiencing a very similar reality to what I experienced. So when I say, look, I'm sat in a desk um, with a computer in front of me, if you were here with me, you might agree with me. <laughs> um, so let's let's start off from that basis. But well, why am I talking about thought? And in, in the intro, I alluded to the idea that thought creates suffering. Well, I think it was um, a much wiser man than me, Hamlet, that said, in effect, and I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but he kind of said, nothing is good or bad until we think it's so. And I just kind of like, just sit with that for a minute. Nothing is good or bad until we think it's so. It kind of like, it, I'm going to say it one more time, just so you can, you can give it a little bit of thought. Nothing is good or bad until we think it's so. You know, another way of phrasing that is to say everything is neutral until we apply thought to it. So I'm going to come out with all the cliches you've probably seen memes that kind of allude to this, but that's the nature of this podcast. This is what I want to explore and kind of just just kind of kind of unpick that a little bit and see what it, see what the implications are. So nothing is good or bad until we think it. So let's take, for example, um, if I were to take the glass that's on my table and just smash it on the floor right now and you were here with me as my as my listener say you were here with me and you saw me do that. Now something would happen. You would have some thoughts about what I'd just done and in in having those thoughts it would create a feeling. So one of the things that we know through kind of the work of psychotherapy and cognitive behavioral therapy is that you know our thoughts, our cognitions Create feelings. So, if we have a lot of thoughts, like a lot of fearful thoughts, it might create a, create a feeling in us of anxiety. And if we have a lot of anxiety, then that might manifest in like an elevated heart rate or it might manifest in a a sweaty brow or whatever. But if I were to take that glass and throw it on the floor, um, now I might have done that because I I felt like doing it and I thought it would be funny. Um, So I might be here giggling away at my desk. um, And I'm I'm now realising, by the way, this is a terrible example, but let's just go with it and I'll I'll pull another one. Um, But you might be on the other side of the room thinking... Holy crap! What's he just done that for? Now you might have a uh, an emotional reaction to that. You might think, is he angry? Is he going to come over and throw something at me? But actually, my thought process was, well, I wonder what noise it would make if that glass hit the floor. Or um, wouldn't it be funny if I just did that to scare that person on the sofa? Um, and now also realising that I'm not painting myself out to be a great person either. Anyway, let's, let's go with the example. The point I'm trying to make is that the act of throwing the glass on the floor it is neutral. And we both experienced it differently. So, I applied my thoughts about wouldn't that be funny?" so I started laughing, but you applied your thoughts of "Oh, this is something to be afraid of," and so you became fearful so the act itself um was neutral it it didn't really it was neither good nor bad um happy or sad it was just it just was the event just was, but then we applied a load of thinking to it, and that's how we created the feeling so another example let's let's Please, Adam, think of a better example, I hear you say. So a better example may be um, personal space. So we know that in the the Western world, uh, certainly in the UK, personal space is typically like an arm's length away. So if you're socialising with people that you've not met before, arm's length is typically... Um, the comfortable distance. Now, if you get much closer to somebody that you don't know that well, um, you get closer than arm's length, you'll start to have a load of feelings about, oh, you're in my personal space, I'm not sure how I feel about this, I'm starting to get a little bit like I want to push you away. Um, now, if you were to go to the east, and you were to go somewhere, say, like Japan, um, the personal distance space, I'm told, is an elbow uh, away. So, you know, look down at your elbow if you can, um, and just see, like, that, that's how far away it is to stand comfortably with somebody that you don't know. So w- what can we take from that? Well if somebody stood really close to us in this country um, and and you're from the West and you have those Western values around personal space if somebody stood an elbow close to you you'd start freaking out and thinking oh they're in my personal space I need to push them away but if actually you were somebody from Japan and you were kind of raised with in that culture and with those values you might think that that was perfectly normal so we could say that the, the act is neutral it's just our our thoughts about it that make us feel one way or the other. So that's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, the same can be said for um, a train being late. Let's say I'm going to give one more example because I don't think either of these have been great. Um, And I'm now thinking, God, do I press pause on the podcast? But no, I'm going to carry on. Um, We could say a train, a train in a train station is delayed. So it's leaving 10 minutes late. Now, you could say, well, that's a bad thing. So if there's 100 people catching that train, some of them will think, well, that's, that's a bad thing because I'm going to be late for wherever I'm going. But what about the person that only gets to see their family once a year because they live in Australia? And that person sat on the platform with their family And they're sat there thinking, gosh, I I wish this train would be more late. Um, I wish it would be an hour late because actually, um, you know, I just want to spend more time with my family. So we can say, can't we, the act is exactly the same. It's a train that's 10 minutes late. um, But two people will apply two very different thought processes to the act of the train being late. And they will have different outcomes. The people that believe that it's going to have a negative impact for them. Will I guess necessarily feel upset by that. But the person that feels that it's giving them more time with their family. Might feel really grateful for the fact that that train is delayed. So it's interesting isn't it. Our thoughts about a situation. Are what create the feeling about that situation. It's not the actual situation itself. So this kind of. The reason I'm into this is because I think it takes us to a whole new level of thinking because one of the things I hear a lot certainly in the therapy room um, and certainly when I'm working with clients and just generally in going about my day being human is people will often say things like he made me feel or she made me feel or when you do that um, it makes me feel happy, sad, angry, whatever supplement the word. And I just kind of think to myself, that's not true, is it? Because actually, say, for example, um, I don't know, let's think of an example. We, uh, you and I, we, I say some unkind things to you. Now, your natural reaction will be to say, Adam, you said those things and you made me feel this way. You made me feel sad because you said those things to me. Well, actually, that's not true, Technically. It's not to say you don't feel sad. I would never deny somebody a feeling because I think feelings are completely valid. But what I am saying is actually you have a thought system in your mind that's been there for probably many years that goes something like this. When people say certain words, those certain words are negative words. And when they're said to me, um, I feel sad. So that's the thought system that you have going on. When someone says certain words to me, I'm told I, I am to feel sad. So then we can start to unpick that a little bit and go, well, where does that come from? Well, it may well be that when you were younger and when you were a child, you heard somebody saying those words to somebody, and maybe a parent or a caregiver or a teacher said, that's not very nice to say that to somebody. That's a very unkind thing to say. Haha. Ha. So now you've got the thought process from when you were very young. So now when you hear that word in the future, you automatically go to that place that you were taught, which is, that's a bad word, so therefore I must feel sad about what's just been said to me. But actually, the word itself is neither good nor bad, it's just how we think about that word. You know, this is evidenced all over the place. Some people believe that swear words are you know, the most awful thing that we can ever use in, in the language that we have. But actually, some people use them colloquially and aren't offended by them at all. The word's the same. So how can it be that one person is offended by the word and another person uses it as part of their general day-to-day language? It can only be that the person who is offended has a thought process around that word or those words that they believe makes it negative. So what does this mean for us? I guess you're probably, I hope you're keeping up, I hope you're following where where I'm going with this because what it means is um, nobody makes you feel a certain way. So when you use the language of you made me feel, that's actually disempowering for you because it's assuming that somebody else has the power to make you feel a certain way. Actually, if you were describing it in a very uh, technical way, you would say... Um, I have a thought about those words and I believe they are sad words and so when you say them to me I feel sad I mean come on we're not going to say that in a conversation I get that when those that would be a very clinical conversation but actually that's that's what's happening in that moment so you know. You can't blame somebody else for the way that you feel. You can't say they made you feel that way. And actually neither should you because it's really, really disempowering for you. Because it's giving, it's assuming that they have power to make you feel a certain way when absolutely they don't, you know, they absolutely don't do that. So what does this mean about, um, what does this mean about happiness? That's what I want to talk about because I also hear, oh, you make me so happy. And that again, sorry to say, in my opinion, is technically not true. Because actually, in the same way that somebody can't make you sad, only your thoughts about what they're doing and what they're saying can make you feel sad. The same is for happiness. Somebody can't make you feel happy. You can have a set of principles that says, oh, you know, I believe that buying flowers is a nice thing to do. I believe that telling somebody you love them is a nice thing to do. I believe that, um, you know, cuddling someone is a nice thing to do. So when I get those things, I feel happy. But that's just what you've been told through, you know, growing up in a culture or growing up in your family system. You know, you might have been had a cuddle off your caregiver when you were younger and somebody might have said, oh, isn't that lovely? What a lovely thing to do. So there again, in the same way that you have all of these messages being put into your mind about um, what's good and bad when you're younger, you know, what's the bad things, it's also the good things as well. So actually... You know this sounds perhaps very clinical and I you know sometimes I'm accused of taking the shine off romance or um you know discounting people's feelings and saying, no, I really did feel. He really did make me feel angry when he said those things i'm I'm absolutely not discounting those things. you know feelings are feelings, and we are all entitled to feel how we feel. but I guess what I'm trying to get across to you is that it is not anything in the external that creates a feeling on the inside of you. Let me say that again, it's nothing on the external that creates a feeling inside of you. You create that feeling all by yourself through the thoughts that you have about the external. So what does that mean about feelings? Well, I like to kind of come up with this little bit of, if you can imagine this image, that you've got a little factory inside of you, let's call it the feelings factory. And the feelings factory takes a cue from your thoughts so basically you've got all of the raw materials that you need inside of this feelings factory to create any single feeling that you want so what happens is somebody shouts at you and your thought process goes oh okay shouting is bad well that's just a thought Um, and so when I'm when something bad happens or when I think it's bad when my thought process says that's bad and makes a judgment I then go to my feelings factory and say hey factory Fire up sadness. Um, Can we drag out some sadness, please? Um, Because something bad just happened out there. So I need to like put some sadness out into a feeling. And sure enough, we manufacture sadness in that moment. But we did that all by ourselves because of the thoughts that we had about what was happening in the external. The someone shouting at us was actually neutral, it was neither good nor bad. But we are culturally. Um, and in our society, we are, we are, you know, conditioned that shouting is bad. So when someone shouts, I guess we're going to have a reaction to go to the feelings factory and fire up sadness or maybe anger if it's, you know, we feel that when someone shouts at us, we should retaliate. Um, so, you know, that's one example from sadness. The example from happiness, which I absolutely love this example, is that if you can imagine a time when you felt really, really happy, just, just, I'm going to give you just a few seconds, just, just take yourself to a place where you were just in awe of something and it made you were just full with love and happiness and just, even if it was just for a split second, just, just take yourself to that place. So now you're in that place. Here's the amazing thing. When that happened for you, it wasn't anything outside that created that feeling of lovely, yummy happiness inside of you. It wasn't anything out there. It was your thoughts about what was out there. So you had a thought about, say for example, so mine is nature. You know, When I stand in front of nature, I just go, wow, that is insane that's incredible Um, and it takes my breath away now clearly what that means is that I've got a lot of thoughts in my mind about how beautiful nature is and how I should feel around nature so what happens is I see nature and I go into my thought process and my thoughts go that's beautiful so then I tell the feelings factory to produce happiness and sure enough happiness flows so the amazing thing there is is if you've ever experienced a moment of happiness in your life, it doesn't matter how desperate you are, how depressed you are, how how low you are, how how much in suffering you are if you're listening to this podcast and you're in it, having a really shit time. The amazing thing about this whole concept of of you know we are not our thoughts is that you are create you were able to create that happiness, which must mean only one thing you have the tools that you need to create happiness already. Like no one took them away from you because no one gave them to you in the first place. You, you already had them. So when you, you, when you were thinking about that scene that I asked you to think about and that feeling that you had and that smile that you just had on your face you know, and if you're giggling now as you're laughing at my bad jokes and my bad examples you know, all those feelings you might be mistaken by thinking oh you know what um adam makes me feel this way when i listen to his podcast no that's just not true it's your thoughts about the external that are creating your feelings nothing to do with me you know i might be the stimulus but actually it's It's more about how you, what you think about that. So, you know, some people will be listening to this and thinking, God, he's irritating, isn't he? What on earth is he going on about? I'm going to tune out. Some people will be listening to this thinking, oh my God, I get it. This is like, oh, the, you know, so empowering and da, 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 da. So different people will have different feelings towards this podcast. And why do they have those different feelings? Because there's a load of thought conditioning that's happened historically that decides how we feel about certain things. So it's incredible. Um, where where do our thoughts come from? I mean, that's like, wow, we could talk about that, couldn't we, for, forever? But I believe a lot of it comes from, you know, when we're born, we have... Um, we're pure, you know. We, uh, we, you could say we have a blank slate. I, I don't subscribe to that um, fully. Um, I think that we develop many levels of consciousness in, in the womb. But actually, you know, when we're born, right from the get go, we are learning. You know, good, bad, happy, sad, and we are learning to believe what is good, what is bad, what is happy, what is sad, what is angry, what is upset. How do I? How should I feel? about certain things and we rely on the people around us giving us those cues, if you like, giving us those those scripts. So for example, you know a parent might say when someone shouts at you that's not very nice And actually you know there's some of this stuff here guys that it might be really useful to keep hold of. So for example, a thought of um, you know, maybe it's a good idea to look both ways when I cross the road. I mean I'm I'm not saying that you should you should rule out interacting with that thought. It's a really helpful thought to have, isn't it? So some of these thoughts are are kicking around to keep us safe, right? Some of the thoughts are here to keep us safe. You know, if if we were um walking down an alleyway and someone walked towards us with a knife, we saw a knife in their hand, you know, the argument is, and I st- I stand by, the person walking towards you with a knife, that in itself is neither good nor bad, but a whole thought process will kick up for you that will be, oh, knife in a hand means threat, so I should probably run. Now, you might want to listen to that one. You know, that's probably a really good one to listen to. So some of the thoughts that we have, they're all, you know, coming from somewhere. They're all coming from, they've been developed, they've, they've been developed by our culture, they've been developed by our family systems. So they're all coming from somewhere. Uh, but it's up to you to, to decide which ones you want to tune into. So if you've got a thought that kicks around of nothing good ever happens to me, Well, you know, I would challenge you and say, actually, maybe that's a thought that you don't want to hold too much onto. Or if you have a thought about, you know, oh, that person over there, they don't like me. Well, you know, again, it's a thought, isn't it? That's all it ever is, because that person is neither good nor bad, unless you think it's so. Now, if that person is, you know, being abusive towards you and they are, you know, uh, Being verbally abusive or even physically abusive, what I'm not saying is that you should take that and you should kind of put up with it and think, oh, you know, this is neither good nor bad. I'll just kind of roll with the punches. No, that's not what I'm saying. And I'll go back to my point about, you know, some thoughts are there to keep us safe. But if you're in a relationship or with your relationships with your partners, with your friends, with your family, you know, a lot of the time you'll be thinking, um, or that person makes me feel such and such a way or this person makes me feel such and such a way and I would challenge you on that and say you know what, they're not making you feel any, any way at all your thoughts about them are making you feel a certain way so, you know, and those thoughts will be coming from somewhere they'll have been conditioned, they'll have been uh, built upon different foundations, as I say, family foundations, whatever it might be Um, I don't know I feel like I might have rambled on a little bit and I'm not sure if I've lost you um, in in all of this but you know one of the things that that sticks out for me is that we're only ever one thought away from less suffering because you can have all these complex thought processes and people often say to me in therapy and coaching you know Adam it's just complicated I had this happen to me as a kid this was going on this was going on this was going on and my standard response is, you know, couched in compassion, couched in kindness is, you know, you're not you're not suffering right now in this room with me. You know, look around you. We're in a in a safe space. We're in a safe room. We're talking. There's no immediate threat. So actually, the only suffering that's happening is your thoughts about the past or your fear about the future. And you know sometimes I say that to people and I have to say it two or three times because when they say yeah but it's complicated I say do you know what that's just a thought because actually in this culture we're told that if something's complicated it's going to be really complicated to fix you know and arguably the whole counselling and psychotherapy profession is built upon that premise, you know, you've got to go to university for three years to learn how to fix people, in inverted commas. Um, And I'm not sure I fully subscribe to that, you know. Um, As ever with these podcasts, it's only my view, and and maybe I sound sometimes like I'm saying it like it's the answer, because to me this is my truth, and this is how I've learned to suffer less. Um, But, you know, when people say to me, you know, it's complicated, it's going to take years, isn't it, for me to kind of get my head around... The, I'm like, well, yeah, it will if you've got that thought process. If you've got a thought process that says your stuff's going to take years to sort out, well, then, yeah, it will take years to sort out. But is there a thought kicking around somewhere in there that says, oh, I could just think differently and think that it's simple? And actually, like, what would that do? What would that mean if you could just start to think maybe it's simple? Maybe the solution is just, I just need to stop engaging with those thoughts that say it's complicated. You know we we love to complicate things as as human beings um somebody said to me the other day, you know, we've got these fantastic airplanes now, they're so complex, they're full of technology whatever whatever was wrong with just putting one foot in front of the other. we've kind of got everything that we needed to get around, haven't we um I kind of like I'll leave that one with you. I won't try and expand on that one anymore, but yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like this is a good time to stop. I feel like I might have said enough. Um, I feel like I might have kind of overloaded you with with my uh, my thoughts on this. But you know, the one thing I will leave you with is is some of the teachings of Eckhart Tolle. Like an incredible guy wrote the book The Power of Now. If you've not read it, go to Amazon immediately, get the book, or any other retailer of choice. I might add, um, not just Amazon. Um, if you've got a local bookshop, go to them. I would encourage you to do that. Um, But yeah, the power of now, And, and basically what he says is something, I'm going to paraphrase now, he puts it much more eloquently than me, but there's something about, you know, there is no future and there is no past. All we have is now, right in this minute. The future is a bunch of nows that haven't happened yet, and the past is a load of nows that has been, you know, they're kind of done. So all we have is this present moment. And if we can bring ourselves to this present moment, there can be no suffering. So an example that I use with clients often, you know, if you drive, if you drive a car, you'll know what I mean. Or some people do this even when they're walking. If you have ever driven from one place to another and not realized how you got there, you you just went on autopilot. How did you feel in that time? It's difficult to think, right? How did you feel when you were on autopilot? Well the truth is in I've asked probably fifty or more people that question, and all of them say, "I don't know, I just I don't think I felt anything. And I guess you didn't because you weren't thinking. Without thought, there can be no feeling. If there is no thought, there is no feeling. So I say this to clients, do you know what? Engage with thought as and when you need to, because something drove you from A to B. And if it wasn't thought, what was it? My opinion, it's something much bigger than even I can understand. I say even I, wow, that sounded arrogant. Something much bigger than I or anybody I know can understand. And there's some arrogance flipping, flip, flipping out there from my shadow side. I apologize. I'm going to leave it in though, it feels real. Um, yeah, the, you know, something got you from A to B, so what was it? I believe there's something much bigger going on that guides us when we don't think. But actually, you know, you get to where you're going, then the thoughts switch on and you're back into kind of like overthinking, overanalyzing and suffering again. So I'm going to probably leave it here. I'm going to expand on this one um, in the coming weeks. You know, it's a theme of my work. I'm always talking about the power of thought and how we can kind of get ourselves out of suffering through just thinking differently. Um, What I'm not saying is um, I'm not seeking to trivialize people's problems. You know, I know people's problems are real and I've crikey I've had a fair few myself and still still do to this day I'm not immune from this even though I can sit here and do a half an hour podcast for you on these subjects like I'm not immune from this trust me Um, I trip up all the time but just having that awareness and just being able to step up out of your thoughts when you're in suffering can be the single most liberating thing that you can do so I would say this to you I've been finishing this podcast for three times now, haven't I? I would say this to you, if you find yourself in a distressing situation or you feel sad or you feel upset or you feel hurt or you feel angry, just take a moment for yourself and become really fascinated that, wow, what is it that I think about this situation that's making me feel this way? What is it about that person doing whatever they're doing yeah, what thoughts do I have about it that, that, are, that are creating this feeling within me that feels so real? How many thoughts does it take us to free ourselves from all of this stuff? Just the one. So that's the end of the second podcast, guys thoughts on a postcard please comments welcome if you enjoyed it please share it with your friends on your social media feeds i would be most grateful and as always if there's anything you want to hear about or you know anyone who would like to be a guest on the podcast then please feel free to get them to put themselves forward or like comment and share on the post i appreciate your time as always take care go lightly and stay safe still listening. I've still got your attention. That's lovely. Um, I put this at the end because I'm terrible at self-promotion. But as many of you will know, I do what I do out of love, but I also have to make a living from it as well. Don't worry, I'm not asking for money, um, but I'm just asking for your... Um, your clicks, I guess. Um, the more people that share my content, the higher it will rank, and the more followers I will get, all being well. One day, I would like to monetize the podcast. Don't worry, no garish adverts for windows or doors or anything like that. Um, no, just kind of fitting adverts that will allow me to make a living from, from what I love. So if you feel that you can share um, the content, then I would love it if you could do that. If you feel you could speak to your friends and family and anybody that you know that might enjoy listening and would follow me, then I would ask that you do that too. Um, But that's it. That's why it's at the end. Terrible self promoter. But thanks for listening anyway and take good care of yourself.